234 of the All the Book Show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Michaels. I'm Nick Gunning, and boy, you sound tired, my friend. I am, and that's why I even said we're recording at the library. And we're but not. We're, not. No. we're recording at my house. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. You, you sound tired and a little belligerent, if I'm being honest. Belligerent. Yes. Yes. Anyway, I'm Nick Gunning, and we have a special guest today from the Previously on X-Men podcast, and my Wolverine! Wife, Hillary Gunning. Oh. It's not Wolverine. It's Hillary Gunning. Hillary, welcome. When was the last time you were here? Was it X-Men? I think yeah, so. I think, so. I think we, we did the. Uh, no, wasn't we X-Men, did X-Men after, after that? Oh, Hillary's yeah. been here for our Wonder Woman spotlight, our Captain Marvel spotlight, our X Men spotlight, and I think maybe that's it. Yeah. yeah. Is this your fourth? That okay. sounds right. All right, well, welcome. That's all she's Thanks allowed so into. We're having Hillary here today because we're talking about the classic DC Comics team, Birds of Prey. Golden which, Eagles? No. no. Red Tail Hawks? No, those are Incorrect. literal Birds of Prey. Bald Eagles? Okay. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to be talking about Birds of Prey a little bit. Hillary has outread us in Birds of Prey by a long shot. So uh, Kind of. We needed her, we kind needed her of. expertise. <laughs> Are we going to fight? It, this can't be another Star Trek The Next Generation situation. Stop talking about Sorry. that. Okay. All right, so we're going to be talking about Birds of Prey, but right now let's If talk. I was at a bar oh, and gosh. there was a quiz show, I would the... answer more Birds of Prey questions. Context for than this, me? Context for this <laughs> bit would be that Hillary thinks that oh. she owns Voyager. Are we going to put no. this... <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Let's move on. All right. Before we talk Birds of Prey, let's get into some You would get art. seven out of nine questions right, and I would get all nine. Hilarious. Wait, was that on purpose? Uh, <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. Sorry. Hillary, have you read anything interesting you want to tell us about? Are we doing bookmark? Yeah, let's do it. Right now? Yeah, bookmark. Bookmark. All right, I have it right here. Okay. The most recent one I read was The Other People by uh, yeah. C.J. Tudor. What is that? It's that one that you brought me from a conference or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like it's sci-fi, right? It's, it says it's sci-fi. It's, I don't know. This, oh. is, this is part of my issue with it. Okay. I am told... That this author has many very good books. Mm-hmm. This I don't think was a very good book. Oh. I rated it two stars Ooh. on Goodreads. And the problem is, it's it is kind of good. Like the writing <laughs> is good and the characters are interesting, but it's incredibly unbalanced. It was, mm-hmm. it was very weird. It's like a story about this man who his wife and daughter were murdered, okay. and then he's just sort of like obsessed trying to. To find it because he doesn't think that his daughter is dead. Okay. And so the whole thing is him dri- driving around the country trying to find her. And so it's sort of part that kind of like mystery thing, but then there's sort of this weird like supernatural element that is very, very small, but ever present. <laughs> so like it's, yeah, I don't know. It's very, it's not, it's not a. Well, that sounds like nonsense. It, yeah, it felt a little like nonsense. Okay. It's not a great book, but that's the most recent one I read. Okay. I tried reading um, Wolverine: The Long Night. Oh yes, which is the uh, the graphic novel version of a podcast that I listened to yeah. a couple years ago, like an official Marvel podcast. Yeah, Marvel and Stitcher did a mm-hmm. podcast, and it was great. It's like recorded with this fancy technology, so you feel like you're there. It's mm. really, it was really great. Like I loved immersive. it. It's got a uh, Richard. I don't know his name. Armitage. He's t- Armitage? Armitage. Yeah, he played uh, Thorin Oakenshield. Oh, oh. Yeah, Hobbit. Okay, nice. Yeah. yeah, well anyway, it was great. The podcast was great. And okay. So I thought that probably the graphic novel, graphic novel would be yeah. great. I couldn't even finish it. Ooh. I mm. think that they just used the script from The Long Night. The, 
podcast yeah. and just drew pictures. Oh, like and okay. That is how comics. No, work. you know what? I, you can't <laughs> just you can't just take something yeah. from one medium and just plant it in another one. You have yeah. to adapt mm. it. Mm. It didn't feel adapted at all. I see. So it just didn't work. So well, that's, that's two strikes. Okay. Then before that, <laughs> I read uh, Tanahisi Coates' Between the World and Me, and that was oh, fabulous. Yes. So that's my last good one. Nonfiction? That's nonfiction, right? That's nonfiction, okay. yeah. It's like a letter to his son. Mm, okay. He's got his first novel is out right now, which has been on my list. And I've I haven't had, read that. I've had a hold on the audiobook for a long time, but it's very popular, so my audiobook has not come in yet. But He also read Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, yeah, I did. I did. That was also very good. That that was a little more like research. You read that what? like two years ago, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I read it while it was hot. Yeah. So. <laughs> while it was hot. Yeah, yeah. he was ahead of the curve. Hot, that hot, time. Well, I was, I was really getting... On the train. Yeah. While the train had already been going. Yeah. Oh, boy. I think I went to bed around three. (laughs) (laughs) Should have brought you a Mountain Dew this morning, Tiger. Mm. All right, what about you, Eric? I don't drink Mountain Dew unless I'm in a Pizza Hut. Okay. So. (laughs) That is a strict rule. Yeah. It has to, yeah. It has to, you have to put limits on yourself. Well, what have you been reading? Uh, I read Weapon X by Greg Pak and friend of the show, you like to say that, Fred Van Lenty. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, You know what's funny? He, on... On Hillary and I's pod, Hillary and mine, mine and Hillary's, I and Hillary's, Hillary and mine podcast previously on X Men, (laughs) when we had Fred Van Lente on, he he talked about how much he didn't like Wolverine or the X Men, but (laughs) Weapon X is an X Men book that's all about Wolverine. Wow! Just like his Wolverine First Class. Yeah. So I don't know what the real story is here. Maybe that's why he doesn't like it. Yeah. Does, with it. does Fred Van Lente have like a toxic relationship with Wolverine? <laughs> <laughs> like he, he doesn't like him, but he, he just can't, can't quit it. He can't quit it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it kind of deals with th- this volume dealt with uh, Wolverine and his Weapon X crew fighting uh, Nuke. You know, well, yeah. not Nuke, but a bunch of people stealing Nuke's drugs. You know, Nuke, the guy who I paints the flag Nuke on his, uh, he paints the flag on his face. Red makes him. He takes pills. A red pill makes him strong. A white balances him out. Anyway. That's the Matrix. Um, they end up uh, fighting all those like fake nukes and teaming up with Nuke. But the, I, that was fine. But there were two issues in here where Sabretooth... Okay. So oh during Axis, during the Marvel event Axis, some superheroes were inverted so that they were kind of villainous. Oh, okay. Like Iron Man, and he had that uh, infamous Iron... What was it called? Do you or, remember? Or Professor X, just normally. Right? Just That's true, yeah. Life. But then some villains got inverted and were uh, turned good. And most of them were turned back at the end of the story, but a few weren't, and Sabretooth is one of them. So Sabretooth has been in this weird spot where it's not a character development, but he's just good because of this like weird event oh. that happened. But they, they've been writing him as he's good, but also, he still loves killing, so he just has to be, like, aimed right. Anyway, there's two issues, though, where it's Wolverine's birthday, and Sabretooth's uh, old self just kicks in 100%, and he just starts trying to kill Wolverine again, because he you know, attacks him every year on his birthday. Yeah, that was a, that was a big thing in the yeah. Fred Van Lente's Wolverine I know, which, which, I, which cracked me up when That's I was funny. like, oh, there's his name. Uh, and Art. then at the end, Sabretooth is, just goes, once it's not Wolverine's birthday, like, on the dot. He's like, all right, see you later, and then he just goes off to have a drink so it's just yeah but it's also just kind of fun watching Sabretooth uh try to beat the crap out of Wolverine on an airship 
So. You, you can dive back into the All the Books archives at soundcloud.com slash all the books or anywhere you find your podcasts for our Fred Van Lenty interview. Yeah. And over on Previously on X-Men, they also interviewed him about yeah. those other things. So yeah. go find Fred Van Lenty interviews. Don't call the X-Men those other things. It's not sorry. appreciated. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Uh, I can't talk about it now, but I read Huntress Year One. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've read that. Okay. And I'm reading uh, that book I told you about. The Altered Carbon. Yes. I'm reading Altered Carbon by Richard Morgan. Uh, so I'm not a fan of this cover. I keep seeing this because it's yeah. on your Goodreads. Yeah. And I hate it. He the, the the premise is it's in the far future and people can switch bodies after death, maybe before death. I, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't got to that part yet. But if you die, you your brain and consciousness are transferred into another body. Though you it, you keep your consciousness like up to date, like. Uh, saved and everything. Anyway, it's a like film noir kind of mystery. He's trying to solve the murder of a man who uh, who's a very rich man. It is also the one hiring him because the guy is now in a new body. Oh, so um, twisty. Yeah. Um, I also got to read Dread Nation and Woods Runner for some book clubbing, and uh, I got us at the library Avengers Standoff by Nick Spencer, mm. which is. Where I believe Maria Hill has mind manipulated some supervillains to thinking they're in like a Pleasantville situation, so that she it's like a prison, but just so that they can like live in this like you know nice 1950s style town, and then things go a little crazy. Uh, on the Unlimited app, none of it's put in order, but there's so many different titles in oh, this. That's very so confusing. I uh, I used my power at the library to get us the hardcover, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can read it Good in order. Good thinking. Good thinking. All right, that's it. Okay, well, I finished a few things. I read Call of the Wild, uh, Eric's uh, recommendation, mm. and I enjoyed it very much. We're going to be talking about Jack London in our next episode. So Is that little, our next episode? That's right. Time flies. A little research for that. When you're Jack uh, London. But that was good. I don't really understand, like having seen the, the trailers for this weird Harrison Ford movie and his like CGI cartoon dog, mm -hmm. I don't really understand what that is. Yeah. I don't... The kids film where Harrison Ford dies at the end. <laughs> okay, but like, okay. Right? Yeah, I just don't know what character Dies of I don't know what character Harrison Ford is playing, so I guess I'm just confused by that. But maybe he's playing the human that. version of Buck. Maybe oh, he gives into the wild. Maybe. And he just like disappears in the woods. And All Buck right. is like, Well, I'm going home. I also read the Lost Stars manga, the first volume. This is an adaptation of Claudia Gray's Star Wars novel, Lost Stars. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, we're scheduled to interview Claudia Gray in the coming mm. weeks. So I've I've read a lot of her other things, but I haven't read Lost Stars, so I thought I'd give the manga a try. And finally, I finished Road to the Altar, which is a Green Arrow, Black Canary uh, team-up. And it's actually a perfect transition between episodes because... We talked Green Arrow. I know. It's coming out of the Kevin Smith, Judd Winnick, Green Arrow run. And then there's this, like, Black Canary miniseries that takes us into a Green Arrow, Black Canary mm. series, which is kind of adjacent to Birds of Prey. So it was actually... Like, I wasn't intending to read it that way, but I was like, oh, there here I am in the new yeah. episode. Here you are. I'm currently reading Woods Runner by Gary Paulson. What? Um, I said that. I know, but I'm actually reading it. Ugh. Of, uh of hatchet fame it's a little more violent than i expected well i just gave it to a bunch of seventh and eighth graders <laughs> I, think, I think it'll be okay but you know like there's there's a pretty savage attack early on that sort of thing but mm. you know is it a bear no it's like revolutionary war stuff so there's a there's yeah. a british bears that's, that's rated what bears are local no. to uh england england doesn't have any bears well, do i mean it's do not they? set in england i don't think there are any bears in yeah england. but it's kind of an interesting book because it's you know, it, it is just narrative. It's it's a story, but it also has uh, 
in between each chapter, there's like a historical segment that just kind of ah. gives context to what he's talking about in the fiction segment. So nice. I thought that was interesting. It should make for an interesting uh, conversation book clubbing. Well, I'll be the judge of that. I'm currently reading The Scarlet Plague by Jack London, which I don't want to get into now because we're talking about it next week. But I'm very blown away that this this like futuristic sci-fi novel was written in 1912. It's It really... It doesn't seem like it's from 1912, but I will say no more. Okay. But that's it for me. A lot of it's... references to, like, iPods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how yep. did he know? Yeah. He's like, I have a vinyl record I'm going to play. And I'm like, what? <laughs> no. Uh, but that's it for me. What do we got as far as book news? Uh, I don't know. Do you have any book news right now before I read the New York Times bestsellers list? Uh, nothing particular. A lot of page-to-screen adaptations happening right now. But That's true. Like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Not to talk more about comics, but did you see that they're doing an official like continuation of Batman the Animated Series in comic book form? I did not. Well, they are. They technically did that for a long time. Yeah, but now they're making a big deal out of it. Okay. So. Nice. I'm not really going to Oh, you said, you said before you were going to do it. All right. Yeah, this all is talk. the young adult hardcover fiction on the New York Times bestsellers list. And at number 10 is Five Feet Apart by Rachel Lippincott and Mike Dowtry. Stella and Will are in love, but they can't get within five feet of each other. And this is the one that was just made into a movie with Jughead. Yes. Okay. Yeah. With uh, What's Cole, his real name? Colson Sprouse. Just Cole. Sprou- Cole, Cole Sprouse. Sprouse. Okay. Uh, five Feet Apart actually sounds like the ideal. Like, you're too close right now. Oh, well. I guess just move a a couple, three more feet. He has a wide bubble. Uh, Number nine, Infinity Sun by Adam Silvera. Twin brothers are caught up in a war between the magic spellwalkers and bloodcasters. They cast blood. Yes. (laughs) You got it. Yeah. (laughs) Number eight, yes, no, maybe so. Romance blooms between two unlikely teens while working together on an upcoming local election. Mm, I've worked many elections, and I've never seen a romance blossom. I've never yeah, seen so teens. I call foul. <laughs> yeah, good point. Maybe it's a high school election. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Seven, One of Us is Lying by Karen McManus. One of us is lying. That's ABBA. That's yeah. ABBA. <laughs> For five <laughs> students, a detour and detention ends in murder. Uh-oh. Look out, redhead from the breakfast club. I... <laughs> Molly Ringwald. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Number six, One of Us is Next. What? By Karen McManus. And this sequel to The One of Us is Lying, a deadly game of truth or dare via text now plagues the students of Bayview High. Interesting. So look out, guy who got cigarettes from his dad on Christmas. <laughs> who was that? Who was the actor? I don't know. What? The one who's like, no, dad, what about you? The hmm. guy with the trench coat guy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah the oh, trench... From Breakfast Club? Yeah. yeah. Judd Nelson? Oh, Judd Nelson. That's Judd Nelson? Oh, you know who I'm thinking of? Uh, the judge guy. Judge Reinhold? Judge Reinhold? Yeah. No, Judge Reinhold yeah. is not. Uh, whatever happened to Judd Nelson? He was on Suddenly Susan. Okay. He did a few episodes of Psych. <laughs> Number I think f- he's just catching those Breakfast Club residuals and yeah. living his best life. Number five, A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson. While trying to solve a murder-suicide case for her senior project, uh, Pip like now finds her life in jeopardy. What's going on in high school these days? I know, a lot. Elections and murders. Yeah, you used to just throw a bunch of kids in detention. Yeah. They bond over like situations. Yeah, we're doing Breakfast Club uh, still. <laughs> now, have you seen the Breakfast Club? <laughs> I haven't seen Breakfast Club. You haven't Club. seen it. Okay, I've well, that's, maybe Club. we pivot then. Uh, number four, Children of Virtue and Vengeance by Tommy Adami. Zali must stop the threat of civil war in Orisha. Children of Blood and Moon. Zali fights to restore magic to the land of Orisha. Is that not the same plot? Civil War and then magic. Mm. Got it. Yep. Uh, All the Stars and Teeth by 
Adeline Grace. When a princess coronation ceremony goes awry, she makes a deal with a pirate that says he can prove her worthy of the throne for a price. Is the price her teeth? Yeah. So like how that girl who was also in uh, Short Circuit was in Breakfast Club. Have yeah. you seen any of these no. movies? Am I right? Ali Sheedy. Ali Sheedy is in that. <laughs> Ali Sheedy is also in War Games, which I love. Yeah, War Games. I've seen War Games. That's good. I've seen Short Circuit like 2 for some reason. Game? Yeah, but short, not the first one. Short Circuit 2 was the one that I think was more like kid popular. Oh, that's, that explains it. Yeah. Number one, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. I actually just think I would hate The Breakfast Club, and that's why I've never seen it. Every time I see a preview about mm. it, I'm just like, oh, that looks yeah. not my thing. It's got great moments, but yeah. it's, a, it's an 80s movie, you know, 80s pacing and all that. The Hit You I Give. I watched it with Nick, and it was soups boring. Yeah. yeah. That's true. We did watch yeah. that together. It's just a bunch of teens during attention. Who cares? Yeah. Teens get attention, and Sorry. lives suck. Yeah. Uh, the Hit You Give, 154 weeks on the list. That's Pretty a good. lot. That's, yeah, that's that is two years. Yeah. It's his two-year no, anniversary. It's like four years. Three years. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I see what I've done. Three years. All right, it's not his, It's not even his third year anniversary. My yeah. apologies, The Hit You Give by Angie Thomas. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, are you ready for segment time? Yeah. Unless you got any other book news that just... I keep expecting you're going to have something like, oh, this just in, Stephen King's retired. No, no. He's still going strong. No. I think maybe you should back away from the mic, and I'm just going to give you a good hard slap in the face <laughs> and just see if that shakes something loose okay. besides a filling. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Actually, that invigorated me as well, so I think that, that worked. Okay, well, as we said at the top of this awkward show, uh, we're going to be talking Birds of Prey, the right. DC Comics team. Guys, I think that we should talk about the movie first. What? And then go, like, backwards from that. You don't like that? Like, start at the movie no. and then right. jump back. No, like, start at the movie and then go back to the roots of the characters. Right, and then work our way back to the movie. And then do it all again. Right. All right. All right, so the movie... Did you just see Quentin Tarantino's movies for, yes. like, the first yeah. time? Yeah. <laughs> This is how I will live my life. Yeah. <laughs> so, so depending on when you looked at your phone, the title of this movie is either Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous, Fantabulous Emancipation, Emancipation of One, one Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. Or now you're seeing Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey. Or yeah. as we call it, HQ Bop Attack. Bop Attack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this, is a, this, this movie sits in a weird place because it's hmm. sort of a sequel a to nest? Suicide Squad. Yes. Because you have Harley Quinn and you have actual footage from Suicide Squad in the yeah. movie. As much as, like, Wonder Woman's a prequel to Justice League or yeah. Aquaman's a sequel yeah. to Justice League. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, Suicide Squad is not required viewing. I don't think you need to see that at all. To get no, the only requiredness of Suicide Squad is shown very quickly. Yeah. And it's really just, like, Harley's origin, yeah. which is just seen... If you know anything about Harley, yeah. like, that origin is there. So, so you just miss Jared Leto's, like, weird laugh... I call it a laugh because that's what the movie thinks In, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I was I was not really anticipating this movie. I didn't have high expectations, but we all went together, and I think we were all like equally surprised at how much we enjoyed it. Yeah, it's much more of like a actual like a real respectable movie, yeah. movie than I was yeah. expecting. Um, of course, it is. It's the first of the DC movies that's rated R. Incorrect. The Joker. Oh, yeah. Joker. Okay. Well, I guess I was thinking, like, the official, like, DC Extended Universe. But, yes, Joker Joker wins first. Uh, and then and then we have our Harley Quinn here. But um, it is definitely a step up violence-wise. Yes. Violence and language. I mean, it, it right from the get-go, you're like, oh, they're, they're going to earn that R. They're going to earn every bit of that R. Uh, but I think, for me, I was a little... I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not a huge Harley Quinn fan, like, in any hmm. medium, really. Mm -hmm. I, are you? 
Yeah. I mean, the animated series Harley Quinn, so. Which is, like, her origin. Yeah. She just came out of that show. Yeah. The, that, and then, sometimes in the comics, but post-New 52, it's been a hard sell for me. Was she part of the Suicide Squad prior to New 52, or was that when it first happened? Uh, no. She, she, because the Suicide Squad wasn't around, uh, she, she was first introduced in the comics during, uh... Uh, no Man's Land storyline. Okay. They brought her in the comics, like, officially into the universe and everything. And so Suicide Squad wasn't a thing. So, yeah, New 52 was the first time he's like, Harley, Harley's also in the Suicide Squad. Mm. By the book. I think I was least interested in the segments that were, like, very Harley-specific. I don't know. How did you guys feel? In the movie? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> so. Like, there's there's something appealing about her. And she plays the character well, Margot yeah, Robbie. Her, I mean, there's no shtick, denying that. Her shtick has... has has like something that sort of draws you in, but it was the least engaging, I mm-hmm. think, of all of the stuff. Like once you brought in the rest of the Birds of Prey, right? Then it really kicked in. It felt like it, like, like the movie really started once they were all together. I agree. I think structurally, I actually did kind of like the, um, the like the nonlinear storytelling that it did, where you where you get a bunch and then she'd be like, oh wait a minute, and then we kind of go back. I, I think mean, it you know, benefits from that because otherwise you don't have certain Birds of Prey characters for. About seventy five percent of yeah. the movie, yeah. if you don't like start switching things around. But I think, and I know that's like that's not some new idea to to yeah, do. It's it. how we're recording kind of this orderly. podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, I do feel like it it worked really well, just just because then it's like each Huntress and Black Canary and and Montoya, like they each sort of got their own little like intro segment that was like all their own. So you really got like a mini origin for all of them, which I well, thought was pretty cool. Well, it kind of works well for for doing birds of prey at all because then you you get the feel that they all have their own thing going on Mm -hmm. so because with birds of prey you don't just have a team you have people who have decided to work together who all have their own stories going on and a lot of them have their own titles going on at the same time so it worked well to do it that way for the movie it it felt like they knew the characters Mm -hmm. to do it that way Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, um, I, I thought that, that, uh, Journey Smollett as Black Canary, I thought she was great. She was perfect. I thought she nailed it just from the, the first shot of her. Mm-hmm. I thought she was great in she that movie. She had exactly the right energy. Yeah, the attitude and, and the strength. I mean, she seemed powerful and confident without seeming, I don't know. I mean, I think sometimes in the comics with, um, especially with Green Arrow, sometimes they make Black Canary not as strong as she could be. And I feel like here they really... Um, used her well. Yeah, I guess occasionally I've seen in the comics they they suffer from trying to make her a romantic figure for him and yeah. and sort of cheat her out of being right. her own strong character. I think a lot of the time though they do no, work I think really right. hard I think... to to make sure that she stands yeah. ahead of him really yeah. because she's much stronger than him. Yeah. But yeah, in the movie she had exactly the right vibe she's strong but she also has very casual attitude mm-hmm. she's she's just perfect yeah yeah she was really good um what is what is the actress's name who played the huntress i, I love her in like Mary winston smith no i said that wrong mary elizabeth smith no nope. winstead winstead mary elizabeth winstead oh, thank you sorry, from like mary uh I, I think i first maybe saw her in scott pilgrim uh, and yeah, she's the, great uh, in that. What's the Cloverfield that she's in? Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I enjoy her anyway, and so I thought her take on Huntress was unusual in this, but I liked it. I thought, it, yeah, I thought that it wasn't the kind of aloof that Huntress often is in the comics. No, it's an awkward aloof. Yeah. yeah. It's it an had, awkward, don't know how to talk to people aloof. Yeah, it was more like a nod 
to Huntress, yeah. I think, but it still worked. I mm-hmm. think it really worked yeah. with the tone, particularly of the movie. Yeah. And uh, Renee Montoya, who, you know, is... I guess also I, introduced in the animated series. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So. And that's oh, now I know who she is. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I know her like mostly from. I don't think yeah, I've read animated much. series. She's like a beat cop, and then when they move over to uh, Kids WB, she gets like promoted to detective. I don't know when she was first introduced into the comics, yeah, but I don't like know. as soon as she was, she be- maybe it was a uh, Gotham Central because that's where she uh, figured quite a bit, and they. Uh, and then they turned her into the question. Right. Uh, and I mean, the question on. works with Birds of Prey occasionally, but yeah. I was a little surprised that they went with that character for this. Yeah. But I thought it worked really well, too. Like, I thought... Yeah, I thought I it thought really worked, too. I thought her dynamic fit in really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one... I, I mean, you have you have Huntress, you have Black Canary. The one uh, noticeable absence was uh, Barbara Gordon, you yeah. know, who is, is typically uh, a member of the Birds of Prey as Oracle or sometimes just as Batgirl. Yeah, but we didn't have a Barbara Gordon, but we did have a Batgirl sort of represented in Cassandra Cain. Yeah. But it was a very weird take on Cassandra Cain. Yeah, have read, Hillary, have you read any of the Cassandra Cain Batgirl? Books? I think so. Not Cassandra recently Cain. enough that I would really. Okay. Cassandra Cain also introduced in uh, Batman No Man's Land. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, well, she takes over for Batgirl. Uh, after Barbara Gordon is is out for a while and she comes back as Batgirl, right? During uh during No Man's Land. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, because she's the one who can't speak, so her Batgirl costume has no mouth. Right. But and it must scream. In her in her background, she's like trained to be an assassin. She's, right? she's... I can't remember. Uh, her dad is an assassin, and it's, it's not. Point, isn't she in the League of Assassins? Yeah, I feel like it's a League of Assassins connection, and her like dad trained her and everything, but forgets all that she had her own comic book series mm-hmm. for yeah. a while i've read post um post uh, no man's land so yeah. yeah she it was her for a while and then i guess stephanie brown came yeah. after so. well but cassandra kane was i think she was maybe black bat for a while maybe that's when, what they call during it. grant morrison's uh batman incorporated yeah when we had batman's different areas yeah eventually back she she got her voice back and uh i think even she like became a villain for like a bit and mm. so I so in this movie, Cassandra Kane is is one of the main characters, but she's just a like an eleven year old. Yeah, girl? she's like an awkward tween. She is really no. I'm surprised they would use that name even because yeah. it really had nothing to do with. Yeah, Gail Simone had a a whole Twitter thread. Post, yeah, thread. thread a whole Twitter thread about how she loved the movie. She thought it was the best adaptation of a yeah. comic. Blah blah blah. But that what people are really fixating on is this one thing that she said that she wished that they had named that character something else because she's a great yeah. character yeah. Yeah. but not Cassandra Kane right. really yeah. in any way. Yeah. Well, I guess I was wondering like why didn't they use Sin? Sin would have been perfect. Black Canary's like Well, Sin Sin has she <laughs> She couldn't be that character oh, okay. if she was okay. Sin, because integral to her character is that she's very, yeah. very, um, not isolated. There's, she just doesn't, she yeah. didn't grow up in regular culture, but that's she's the only same. an assassin. That's what I'm saying, though, that's what Cassandra Cain is, too. And like, so none, n- neither, she should have been yes, something neither else. one of them, <laughs> neither one she of them could have just been a brand new character yeah. and been sort of like a lens for the audience. Yeah, and I don't know if they have... If they have any intentions with that character, like if they no, I, if that yeah. was a seed that they were planting, no. I mean, I, I don't know, but I liked her. I mean, An I thought, egg I that thought was, she worked well, but it was odd to planting. call her Cassandra Kane. So birds. we have, did we you have, say egg? Yeah, because birds. Yeah, we so we have all Do you these have threads. Like, a, like an adrenaline shot. I know, just, like, seriously, I thought legs. that slap would work. <laughs> uh, it's all kind of leading to the birds of prey finally coming together, which doesn't happen until very late in the movie. But, Spoiler warnings at this point, I guess. 
is that a spoiler? I don't know. Well, maybe. like from now on, maybe yeah. it's a spoiler. Oh, okay. yeah, well, I didn't know where you were going. I was going to steer away from spoilers. Okay, never mind. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really come together until you know the the I don't know the last quarter. Would you say of the movie? Yeah, I mean, it could even be later. But I also didn't really feel cheated by that either. I think because of the structure. Yeah. I I guess I didn't feel like oh now we get it, but it did make for a cool moment when they were all together. Um, and we, we have a fight sequence, you know, I thought that felt very, that felt Birds of Prey to me. Did it did. It did feel, it did like feel that Birds of Prey. The one thing that you're lacking that I think is really, really important for Birds of Prey. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> and I agree with you. And it's the fact, I mean, it's the fact that they chose not to go with Oracle, basically. Yeah. Because Birds of Prey need to have a directive. Yeah. They have to be on a mission. Right. And so... I think it works as like this is just the first time that they're together, whatever. Yeah. But it lacks that that integral feeling of like being on a specific mission, having mm-hmm. somebody in their ear telling them what to do, yeah. being able to have more conversation because they're connected in that way. Yeah, those things were lacking. Yeah. But they had great chemistry. The choreography of the fighting was awesome. You could really tell that it was directed by a woman because they were all just different ways that they were interacting. That, mm-hmm. that felt as as a woman watching it felt like. Like little nods to me to be like, remember when that kind of thing happens mm. to you? It was, it was little things like that that was nice to have. Are you talking specifically about the hair tie the scene? The hair tie was a very standout <laughs> thing, yeah. But that kind of thing happened kind of throughout the movie yeah. once they were all together. That you don't get a lot of in a more traditional superhero mm-hmm. movie. So just cute little things like that were nice yeah. to have. Yeah, it's funny that like '80s and '90s action heroes with all their like super long mullet hairs never needed a, uh, yeah, a hair true. tie either. Remember Superman's mullet time? Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? Yes, and one thing that I noticed too, especially coming out of Suicide Squad, where Harley Quinn is like so sexualized that hideously it was, sexualized. Yeah, it was kind of surprising in a movie with with her name in the title how little of that happened in this yeah. movie. I think that was very well. Noticeable. She made it happen. Margot Robbie. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was supposed to be... I mean, you, you remember all the different titles that were going to oh, happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, Margot Robbie's the one who's decided that it was not going to be Gotham City Sirens. It was going to be Birds of Prey. Mm. Um, oh, cool. Because she... Th- her feeling was everybody knows who Poison Ivy and Catwoman is, but when looking through Birds of Prey, uh, she was like, oh, there's a lot of characters in here the general audience doesn't know. Let's mm-hmm. do this movie instead. Mm-hmm. Well, so. I, I really applaud her for doing that because that's probably mm-hmm. a good... Yeah. A good portion of why it was yeah. less of a sexualized movie because if yeah, they were she she's had complaints. And Catwoman, yes, that's true. That's a completely yeah. different vibe. She's yeah. had complaints about uh, about you know her costume and everything from Suicide Squad. She's like, do you think I enjoyed being in that suit and having everybody look at me like that? No. Yeah, so, they shouldn't be going after her. Yeah, on that. I I think uh, I think she made some pretty important calls with that. Well, it's it, I mean it's really noticeable and I think it worked really well because Birds of Prey is a I mean, exponentially better as a movie than Suicide Squad, oh, which yeah. is a sloppy mess, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it was a big step up. Uh, we we do get some we do get some comic accurate costumes, which is cool. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, I would definitely watch Birds of Prey too. Well, oh yeah. Now that they're in their spot, but yeah. You don't yeah, think that's likely? I I don't know. I was talking to some definitely as as one of my friends put it, it's probably the last rated R Birds of Prey. We'll get. Well, I think that was a mistake, honestly. I, I don't think it was really served by the. Like, I really the don't know or... what is the uh, the reason for the um, the low box office. I keep seeing like all these hot takes online, but it's just like I just don't think it's like you can't just say like it's rated R because Deadpool and Joker were rated R and completely different movies. And I don't think 
you can say that it was a uh, Suicide Squad because that didn't hurt like anything well, else that came after Suicide I think, Squad. I mean, Suicide Squad was was popular with with certain groups, you know, yeah. kids younger, yeah. and you know that was how many years ago? Four years. And I mean, they just didn't capitalize on that. And then like Harley Quinn is not really in the title. I I don't know. I mean, if you're not familiar with comics, you might not know. I'm what gonna this is. speculate a little bit mm-hmm. that having watched the movie, I think it probably was made to appeal to a completely different audience than Suicide Squad. Yeah. But when you see Harley Quinn as it, the lead, yeah. you, you just think Suicide Squad. You think Squad. it's going to be yeah. another Suicide Squad. And yeah. so the people who the people who liked Suicide Squad will see a bunch of ladies on the screen and not be interested. The people who didn't like Suicide Squad because it was hideously sexualized will think that's what this yeah. movie is and so they won't want to see it because that's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. I only mm-hmm. saw it because I was going to do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So I, I mean, I think at the at, at when it was all said and done, though, I, I walked away really pleased from that movie. I thought I, it was I great. I wish time. more people would watch. I it. think it's one of DC's better movies. Yeah. So I I was pretty happy in that with it was it. a movie. Right. Exactly. Uh, but there, so there are certain aspects that there were really clear like Birds of Prey moments that it got that showed that somebody involved like had a, it's a bit of an affinity for the Birds of Prey in the, in the comics. Many, many things it didn't even touch or sort of got wrong. So why don't we dive back into the, the comic book history of these characters a little bit. This so, is Nick. He's 15, and he's picking up a Birds of Prey comic for the first time. <laughs> I was, like in the movie. Yeah. Narrative. Thank sassy. you. Yeah. All right. This is Nick. Big dummy, isn't he? There you but he's go. picking up a Birds of Prey for the first time, <laughs> finally making a smart choice, aren't you? Let's see how that pans out. So the first now you time, get hit by a truck. Yeah. <laughs> so the first time that we have that, that Birds of Prey attached to uh, some of these characters is really sort of a, a, a one-off. They're little, miniseries, yeah, right? Just, like there's a couple. There's the a Chuck couple Dixon on. ones are all miniseries. Yeah, I think. Yep, Chuck Dixon has one that's just called Black Canary Oracle: colon, Birds of Prey. Yeah, and it was really just a team up between those two characters. Mm-hmm. There's one where it's um, Black Canary and Catwoman, mm-hmm. um, and there's there's a couple little things like Before, that that don't quite uh, settle down. I didn't have a good internet connection when I was trying to read Birds of Prey comics for the first time, so I couldn't just like get online and do this so i'd go to my library and i look on the back of these trade paperbacks and try to figure out which one was the first one i was supposed to mm. read it felt impossible because it is really hard because like the first two volumes are the chuck dixon one so i'm like i don't know which one yeah. is volume one and and then the gail simone one become it's also a, vol- a volume one so i was just yeah. like where do i start yeah <laughs> I had no idea it, I, I mean the series doesn't really pick off as, no, as, as where it like gains its its momentum and its popularity until Gail Simone takes over. And so, yeah, when you collect it into trades, that Gail Simone volume is sometimes issued or listed as number volume one, three. and sometimes as volume three yeah. because, each, yeah. like number wise, it is volume three. But mm-hmm. like story wise, that's really I think yeah. the true beginning of like what what that book is. Mm-hmm. So Goodreads says I haven't read Chuck Dixon's uh, Birds of Prey. I swear I have. Goodreads is a liar. Yeah. We do have a couple volumes of Chuck Dixon's Birds of Prey right here in our collection. Mm-hmm. So stop in and check out Birds of Prey. Uh, Hillary, you've, you've read the whole Gail Simone arc. Yeah, I read the whole run. And that's uh, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, it's, I've been reading it for like, I want to say like 10 years. <laughs> I feel like I've that's true. That's a volume a year. Yeah, over pretty much. Over all of that time. Yeah. I've read all of that. I read the uh, Black Canary stuff that was kind of in between there. Yeah. That really kind of connects pretty closely to mm-hmm. to it plot wise. Yeah. Even when um, 
when Black Canary ducks out of Birds of Prey for a while, mm-hmm. she and Barbara <laughs> are best friends, right. so it's always something mm-hmm. going on there. Eric's laughing because you said duck, ducks, and it's all bird things. So. Yeah. Did but I say duck? Ducks? Yeah, you said she ducks out. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that now. Yeah. All, all, <laughs> all of my idioms puns. will be yeah. related. Can we put a little bell ding whenever someone makes <laughs> yeah. a, a bird pun? Yeah. So, Hillary, what do you think it is about the like that that like classic run of Birds of Prey that makes it work so well? Because we've both read the complete New 52 Birds of Prey, and well, that that whole run just lays an egg. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Guys, like ding. a bird. So, the Gail Simone run, though, I mean, what do you think it is? Well, I think it's, more than anything, I think it's that duo. I mean, it started with... with Oracle and Black Canary, and yeah. I think you have to have those two for yeah. it to work at all. I mean, you have to have that core relationship, ultimate Stupid trust. Barbara. It's an interesting thing with Barbara in her wheelchair, and she's yeah. the very, the very um, cerebral, cerebral one. Mm-hmm. And Black Canary is the embodiment of physicality, and right. so that's a nice duality to have. So mm-hmm. that core is really necessary. Then you have Huntress who pops in, and she's kind of a free agent. Yeah. And you never know exactly what she's going to do. Right. So it's a really good trio. She's a wild card. Yeah, she's a wild card. Like, so you have the two that are <laughs> locked together. They're yeah. in lockstep. They're going to do what each other says, although mm-hmm. they, you know, both, right. they trust each other. Yeah. Huntress, who, like, is on board, but can do well, what she wants. She's I think, aloof. I think Huntress, for, for most of the run, still sort of feels like a day player. Yeah, you know? she Even does. though she's in almost every issue, it's like each time, mm-hmm. it's sort of like, well, we need Huntress for this one. And she's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. You can't know? keep a good Huntress down. I think is because where she ends up being really tied is socially yeah. rather than professionally. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. you have the three of them together, they're all tied together, yeah. but Huntress professionally will feel like that like a day player well she's but, when, but then you can also be adding in you know other people like they have manhunter coming in and they've got um martian manhunter not martian manhunter that took me a while oh, the other manhunter <laughs> but there's lots and lots of like basically women yeah. superheroes Fringe who pop in prey, yeah. that works really well in mm-hmm. the new 52 when they try to revamp the entire situation you don't have really anybody yeah, i think no. black canaries black canaries there. there yeah yeah but it just doesn't it doesn't work without that that pair of her and Oracle. They, you know what they though? They have to be Barbara together. Barbara Gordon is, is in the new fifty two run as Batgirl. as Batgirl. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't it's work just a at different all. dynamic. It doesn't yeah. work. Well, I think going back to what you said about Huntress, and I mean she's just coming from such a different place because you have Barbara Gordon who like sort of grew up on the bat like being sort of the optimistic side of Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the whole thing with the Joker putting her in the chair and then um, her sort of grappling with that change, but then really like rising to it as Oracle and then black canary with her, like her training and the background that she brings to it. It makes sense that they would sort of gravitate towards each other, but let's talk Huntress for a minute. You just finished Huntress year one. Uh-huh. And I think of the three of us, you're probably the biggest Huntress fan. Is that true? I think so. That's probably true. Yeah. yeah. I love Huntress. She's I great. Yeah. Well, take it away. Tell us a little uh, bit. First time I read anything with Huntress was Batman No Man's Land. Mm. So during Batman No Man's Land, Batman is like not, there at the moment he's trying to figure out how to be Batman during this new no man's land situation but there is a Batgirl going around um, and it turns out that it's Huntress uh, which at the time so Batman no man's land was like the first Batman comic I ever read period like it was very early in me getting into comics when was it written? uh, this is like 1999 I think Um, and so like I just picked up the first trade. I was like, let's, let's do this. Let's read my first Batman comic. So I didn't know who Huntress was at all. Uh, but throughout like the five volumes, she, she's a big player, uh, playing as Batgirl. But then, um, she, 
uh, Batman's like, you can't be Batgirl anymore. You're too violent. She's like, screw you, which is always nice <laughs> to see. Um, and uh, the moment that's... There's a big heroic moment for Huntress where Joker is going to steal Gotham's future now that they're trying to rebuild Gotham. So he goes to an orphanage. He's going to kill every all the kids there. And oh, he's dark. Yeah, Joker's... It's, it's a dark storyline. A lot of bad stuff happens. But Huntress uh, gets there. She figures out where he's going first and basically just, like, stands up to Joker and all the goons. And she gets shot, but she, uh, she doesn't stand down and everything. But it was a very, like, dramatic moment where she's, like, just by herself with her crossbow. Uh, and I was like, oh, this... this Character is so cool. Um, She's not well served by year one, the Huntress year. The Huntress year one. No, I mean her story is that she, uh, her family was killed, so she was raised by uh, a group of assassins. Her her family was like the mafia. Yeah, yeah. She comes from a mafia family. Her family was uh, there was a hit. She gets trained by assassins, and then she becomes the Huntress. And then later on, she becomes more heroic. I think she's always kind of played as like a antihero, willing to kill uh, character. Uh, what else about the Huntress? She she's cool. She uses a bow yeah, staff. She has yeah. a crossbow. Her costume is cool. She's got like that cool purple look with like that white cross mm-hmm. design. So that's cool. Yeah, and and the Hillary was saying like once once we get into the uh, once we get into the new fifty two era, like she after, disappears yeah, for a while. You, you until they... Well, Huntress is with um, Grayson. Grayson. She yeah. becomes a secret agent with Dick Grayson. They work for Spiral, right. and that whole arc is a big snore. Yeah. To, to my mind, I, yeah. I just don't like Yeah, it I was all. sad when uh, New 52 kind of got rid of Huntress for a while. Huntress and so. Nightwing. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have either one. Yeah. But the New 52 Birds of Prey, I I was surprised that I'd read as much as I did because <laughs> I never liked it. You know? Like, yeah. No, I didn't. I, I realized when I was going back preparing for this that I'd read four out of five of the volumes um, because I just was like, well, forget it. And I didn't realize it was the last volume. <laughs> You'd read them all, like, back at the time. Yeah. Um, so I picked up volume five just recently I still don't like it. Yeah, it's it just... always feels like there's no consistency no. in who's really going to be in it. Yeah, well, yeah. you start with always... Poison Ivy. You have Katana for a while. Yeah, it, it just always feels rolling. like they were just like, okay, well, we need women to be in Birds of Prey, and that was the only criteria. Yeah. They didn't try to think about who would be yeah. involved in this kind of organization. Yeah. They didn't think about who would go well together with chemistry. They just picked some people and threw them together, yeah. and they were all bad <laughs> with the exception of superman i don't think that anybody comes out of the new 52 well mm-hmm. and i think i'm in the minor- minority and liking the uh, new 52 superman but um when you when you finally get to the rebirth era after like many false starts with batgirl i mean how many times did they stop and restart the uh you had the burnside era and... no i mean before that you had the gail simone yeah. batgirl run where now she's uh no longer oracle and she can walk again um and then yeah then it becomes the Burnside one where she gets that new design. Yeah, uh, the design is cool. But I think that only lasted for like three volumes, right? Yeah, but then then you have sort of a beyond Burnside, which which yeah. is a transition, which has been going for. Finally, a bit. when you get to the Rebirth era, I think is is the first time since the Gail Simone era where uh, Birds of Prey starts to yeah, feel Batgirl right and again. And I don't think either of you have you. I've read all three of the the Birds of Prey. I Rebirth, haven't read but it. You guys haven't read that, Rebirth, right? No. Okay. So in that. You have you get the classic team again. Mm-hmm. You have, but it's Batgirl, not Oracle. So you have, I think that's But hold loss. on, hold on. You have Batgirl, and you have Black Canary, and you have Huntress, and there's some really cool arcs in there. There's one that uh, really kind of rips off Why the Last Man, where there's a disease that is mm-hmm. taking down all the men. Oh, oh no! Let's talk about Why the Last Man. <laughs> I love Why the Last Man. What happened? It's a crazy world where. <laughs> 
<laughs> all the women are in power, but it's told from the perspective of the only man. <laughs> Take that, Brian K. Vaughn. <laughs> anyway, there's a cool arc in, in Rebirth where, like, all the men are down and they, they have to, like, work with it. And it's actually, like, handled really well. So mm-hmm. it's a nice comparison to Why the Last Man because this actually works. But the thing that I think sells this. What? Stop throwing Why the Last Man under the bus! <laughs> Ten volumes! Bus. I'm not throwing it under Seminal the bus. Seminal piece of comic book history. I know. I know. But I, anyway, um, but you do have somebody sort of filling the Oracle role. I'm not going to give it away, but there's somebody who had been... Is it? I know who it is. Do you? Someone who'd sort of followed the Birds of Prey and then... I don't. ...works their way into uh, the Oracle role, and it's kind of like, do we trust this or not? Yeah. And it makes for a really good thing, and Barbara sort of can't resist doing a little, like, Oracle quarterbacking. Yeah. And, and it... I'm sad that it's only three volumes because I, I did really like it. Yeah, especially well, I, I end, definitely so. want to read that. I'd like to see that. It, I am always whenever there's stuff in Birds of Prey about like, oh, I wish we had Batgirl back, or yeah. like little hints that she's gonna walk again. Yeah. I'm just like, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah. stay in Oracle world. There is there's one little mini run that we haven't really talked about, and that is after Gail Simone, and the, with, which that run ends in an Oracle miniseries called The Cure, which is just a three volume. Yeah, I just yeah. started okay. that. Um, after after that, you have two volumes of this weird place in between the end of the classic Birds of Prey and the start of New 52. So there's two volumes of this like kind of weird... I haven't read any of those, so I don't really know anything about them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it, I mean, the Birds of Prey has been pretty consistent since 1996. Maybe mm-hmm. not in quality, but it's been, yeah. it's been there. It's been present. I don't think it's really been well represented in other media, mm-hmm. maybe ever. Birds of Prey? Yeah. Are you well, talking about that show? Well, that show is one of them. <laughs> so, I, I, I watched live the pilot of the Birds of Prey TV show, oh, yeah. but okay. I only watched the first 15 minutes of it. Mm. Like, I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, oh no. Yeah. And I think it was like how little I knew about like Batman history mm-hmm. that kind of actually ended up being the thing that perturbed me, because when they were talking about Huntress and her powers, I'm like, that's not what it would have been, but it was, oh. that's yeah. like but the that original is, that Huntress. That is an idea of Huntress that I've never liked. Yeah, the original Huntress from like the 50s? I think it's the 70s. 70s? That uh, she's the daughter of Batman and uh, Catwoman. Catwoman. I just yeah. think that's so trite. Yeah. Well, it was like an all... Is that, was it's that Earth the, 2. It's yeah, Earth it's two. Earth 2 stuff. It's an so alternate like, world. Batman and Catwoman yeah. have a daughter. Helena Wayne, she yeah. becomes the Huntress. So I didn't know any of that. Um, but I just was like, I don't think this is going to be good. And then live, I watched the last 15 minutes of the last episode. I still haven't seen the last episode. Yeah, we episode. haven't finished it. Oh. We've watched no. most of it, yeah. but not... How many episodes have we done? I not? think there's like four episodes. Four Do you remember episodes? the song, All the Things She Said? No. The song, like, All the Things She Said, All the Things She Said, running through my head, running oh, through yeah. my head. Yeah, that, that was in it. That's during the last fight. That's so that's how right. dated that show is. That, we just started watching it again, yeah. the ones that yeah, we, we haven't seen, up one. and it is unbelievably dated. So this, yeah. is a, this is a weird show, because it's... Uh, the, the During the Smallville era. It's during the Smallville era, and I think they were kind of intending that it was in Smallville's future, because... The Birds of Prey show makes references to the Smallville meteor showers, which is not really present outside of Smallville. So I don't know. But the the lead up promotion included um, um, Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer in those roles, like showing the history of how we get to. Oh, yeah. Which is strange. Um, And then 
I want to say that I think Mark Hamill voices the Joker in the pilot of that. I think so, I'm yeah. Because sure the Joker cool. is the one who kills. We, he's supposed to have killed Batman. Yeah, but you don't really know. It's yeah. ambiguous. Yeah. So yeah, you have Ashley Scott as the Huntress, and they actually just did a callback to this series in the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths on the CW. Oh, that's yeah. right. Saw a little yeah. glimpse of it. Again, well, the person who cool. plays uh, Bert. Black Canary? No, well, not really. Lori Laughlin, like Aunt Becky from uh, Full House and Prison, plays <laughs> Black Canary. Uh, and and Rachel Scarston, I want to say is her name, plays Black Canary's daughter. Right, so the person playing the daughter is now in Batwoman. In Batwoman, as Alice. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she's turned out to be a very compelling yeah. actress. Yeah, she is. In this, though, she doesn't have the, yeah. the Black... She doesn't have the Canary cry. Yeah, she let me talk like... for a second about this show. Wait, Dinah Mare is in it. I... Dinah Mare plays uh, Oracle. Yeah, which yes. which is cool. Yeah. She's uh, and you do see her suit up as Batgirl a time or two. Dynamare yeah, from Dragonheart. Yeah, but so this show or from I had already liked Birds of Prey at this point, and yeah. my favorite character in Birds of Prey is Black Canary, Black Canary because Black Canary is fa- fabulous. So this show that I start <laughs> watching has Batgirl or like Oracle. Is fine, mm-hmm. like not great, but fine. Mm-hmm. And then Played you have Mare. Huntress, who is the version of Huntress that I have always hated. Yeah, this she, but she's still a version of Huntress thing, yeah. annoying. Right. And then you have a Black Canary, who is not Black Canary she's in psychic? any way. Yeah. She doesn't have any fighting ability, which you just have to have for <laughs> yeah. Black Canary. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Does she have fishnets? She doesn't have fishnets. She's a child, and she's like <laughs> telepathic. It yeah. just yeah. makes me crazy. Yeah. I don't even know why i kept yeah. watching the show because it's just wrong yeah it's just a hundred percent wrong and no maybe you don't know all right well there was another character who was in it oh yeah yeah but i won't say anything then oh, oh i mean you okay. know that you know that from the beginning what? the well the there's the psychiatrist dr harley oh, oh yeah harley quinn's in it which i yeah. didn't know until like i was watching the last 15 minutes yeah mm-hmm. i'm like oh that's also harley quinn yeah. yeah boy i'm glad i didn't watch this show which is about <laughs> the only precedence yeah. for harley quinn being involved in the in the birds of prey yeah look I was weirdly inspired by this show, though, and the concept of Birds of Prey, though, as a teenage boy. So, like, I, I came up with my own, like, three street-level superheroes that were, like, that was trying to meet the same, like, level of Birds of Prey. Like, you hmm. wrote a story? or you I, I was in the process. This? No, no, I was, I was like, I had it on paper and everything. Because you were a teen vigilante. Yes. I was a teen vigilante. Yeah, you have <laughs> so, history. So I had, like, these three, these three superheroes that I thought were, like, on par with the Birds of Prey power mm-hmm. level and stuff mm-hmm. and coolness. So Night Strike was one of them. That's a good Psy name. Blade. And then uh, I forget the other one. He was, he's deaf, but he's psychic. So he oh. can communicate telepathically. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So he's like Daredevil, but. Yes. With... Yeah, I was being inspired by a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Anyways, so. So this show didn't last. It's maybe 13 episodes it's, on the yeah. WB yeah, yeah. from 2002. It is very WB. It is. But yeah. I, I gotta say, I appreciated the inclusion in the Crisis on Infinite Earth. Yeah, so I, I thought did it was too. Cool, I thought that was really cool. A cool callback. But yeah. it just, it does that thing that WB was doing at the time when they did it with Smallville 2, where they did superhero shows, but they weren't really superhero yeah. shows. They yeah. were like weird teen yeah. dramas. Yeah. 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 Um, they knew what side of the bread their butter, butter meant. Yes. They knew what's... Nope. You're right. Cut it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why you want bagels because there's yeah, only one side of butter. It's very clear. It's very um, clear. Birds of prey almost show up in uh, Justice League Unlimited. Yes. Uh, there is an episode where Huntress and Black Canary, written by are, Gail Simone, yeah, are together, but they couldn't use Barbara Gordon. 
uh, even though they wanted to. For some reason... Man, they're such babies about using Barbara Gordon. Oh, that was during the whole bat embargo. Yeah, they just weren't allowed to. They wanted to. No, I'm I'm saying they won't let her be in anything. Um, But they still had Black Canary and... uh, and Huntress mm-hmm. teaming up, so they they brought in uh, the question and uh, Green Arrow, I guess, to fill up the spot. I think I've seen this. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a, uh, basically they're after Huntress, mm-hmm. uh, who's trying to kill. Uh, I think it's uh, Waylon Waylon Jones who, uh, who I think killed her family. You come a little closer to getting like a true Birds of Prey in Batman: the f- Brave and the Bold. Uh, I was going to say the Fight Night episode of Justice League where Roulette is having this big. Uh, uh, underground fighting thing but she's mind controlling all the female superheroes to fight and so it starts with like huntress and black canary and then it just like keeps building uh until like at the end they they've not they've got vixen and hawk uh hawk girl like uh back to normal and then wonder woman shows up to (laughs) to fight them like oh crap it's 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 a fun episode for all of them but i don't think that there's ever really a time when you get a true like classic is Batgirl in brave and the bold she is, but I don't think she's in that episode, and okay. she's certainly not Oracle. Weird. I don't think you ever get, like, yeah. a real true adaptation of, like, Oracle leading yeah. uh, Huntress and... Um, Black Canary. Black Canary. I just don't, I don't no, think that that in, ever happens. Not in, it seems so. like, when you I'm like when you just look at that trio, it seems like a really obvious it thing. Does. thing it does. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, Bar- It's Barbara Gordon that becomes the issue, because... Because they just don't want Because she's bat-related, and she's got... so. DEC and Warner Brothers, they just put DC, all that baggage just on it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Seriously. Uh, I don't think. Though I, I guess, think... like you said, with the show, it was it wasn't Barbara that was the problem. No, it, wasn't it was Barbara. Black Canary. Yeah. You just have to have all three, and yeah. at least, at the very least, you have to have Oracle and Black Canary. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. The Arrowverse never gets either Huntress or Black Canary right. I'm just well, say. Huntress Huntress is fine bec- at like when they use her because like when they first introduce her because it's her origin so it's like that stage where she's nothing but vengeance and all that i remember she showed up for one more episode in like season three but they yeah. really just like considering what an important character she was they oh, really yeah. just like dropped her it's they weird completely i mean if they were gonna yeah. use characters. if they were gonna use huntress at all i don't know why they wouldn't make it like a thing and yeah. there actually is an arrow episode called birds of prey and huntress and and black canary are in it but mm-hmm. they don't team up they don't like work together so yeah. it's just like what are you doing yeah. Um, I was saying, I don't really feel like Arrow. I, I think Huntress is kind of close to what Huntress should be, but I don't think they ever really settle on getting Black Canary quite right. For the amount of effort they seem to put into getting Black Canary right, I mean, they have like three or four characters yeah. throughout the course of the series that yeah. they try in the Black Canary role. Yeah. They never get close. That actress it. is so weak, though. Katie Cassidy. She's not, though. Here's the thing. That's mm. Okay, so Katie Cassidy starts as what they're... What I'm going to say is supposed to be the official Black Canary, because yeah. she's, her name is... Laurel Dinah Lance. Laurel Dinah Dina Laurel Lance. Lance. Dina, yeah, so she's Dinah Lance. Okay. That's Black Canary. Yeah. She starts out as just this little waif. Yeah. And they yeah. just can't, they try eventually to get her to be a tough character, but they have just laid too much groundwork. She is not that character. Here's, here's the thing that drives me crazy about that, though, because Katie Cassidy... Uh, was in the the reboot of Melrose Place, and in that mm, mm-hmm. she's a better Black Canary Absolutely. than she is you, in the Arrowverse. You can see her, yeah, a hundred percent being Black Canary. So when but they, the writing just yeah. killed it, they completely killed it, and then when they, they bring in mm-hmm. Sarah, her sister, yeah, as like she's been with the League of Assassins, and so White she's, Canary. But she's actually she's Sarah Lance in the Arrowverse is the first character to use the Black Canary name. 
Okay, fine. So oh. she's technically the first black canary. She's the first in the black universe. canary. Yes. She's more badass. She's yeah. she's closer yeah. to what they're trying to do. So they can't they done too much damage to Dinah, yeah. and so they bring in Sarah. Maybe yeah. this can be the new Black Canary, but they can't let, get her to land either. Yeah. And it just makes me crazy because Green Arrow yeah. needs Black Canary. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do a whole series of, like, drama yeah. with Green Arrow, you got to have a good Black Canary. Yeah. And they try and they try and they just don't do it. Yeah. It makes me crazy. And eventually they bring in another actress uh, to play Dinah Drake. Wait, this is where I'm at. Alternate version. Oh. No, I'm at the one where the former cop is a black canary. Yeah, Dinah Drake. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. no more! Yeah. yeah. I'm only on season Beyond five. Beyond that, we will stop talking about it. But they have several actresses that they try to bring in, and it never works. There are moments where it clicks, but I don't. I think they've kind of failed that character. They've utterly failed and that character. And this city. And this city! What, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, all right. Um, like, politically? Yeah. Yeah, you got it. I... I think, I mean, my favorite Birds of Prey, I think, is always going to be the Gail Simone, though I was really pleased with the, the Rebirth run. Um, what about you? Oh, yeah. Classic. Definitely Gail Simone. Yeah. All right. And you? Uh, the TV show. Oh, really? <laughs> no, no. Okay. I mean, Those 15 minutes I, are golden. What is number, what is volume three slash volume one? What is that called? That sounds right. Of Like Minds? That's the one with, like, Savant. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that I would pick up. Of Like Minds, I think, yeah. is the, I think, even though it's not technically a volume one it's not the first issue of the series yeah. that's where you'd start i think that's where you want to go i yeah. do because i think that's where it's all together there i think if you try to go to like the chuck dixon 90s stuff i don't think it's going to land right for you i mm -hmm. think this is where it clicks so that's what i would recommend and i still mm. hope they get it right sometime in the future yeah again not hard no no very seems... clear-cut formula <laughs> yeah just follow that formula yeah and you have it yeah all right. Well, I think I think we covered it. What do you think, Eric? Yeah. Are you are you still awake? Oh, you're still. Yeah. Awake? No, I'm okay, still awake. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out if there's any more like Huntress talk I can fit into. You want to add not. a little bit She's more? She's a teacher. She's a teacher. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Maybe you haven't gotten there. Ha. Huh. In the well, Simone run, she gets to be like a middle school teacher. Ha. Huh. Well, I didn't know that. It's really interesting, actually, because she, she a little bit, the character shifts mm -hmm. quite a bit, just a little spontaneously. Right. Like, cause she starts out very like dark, killing yeah. people. And yeah, by the end, she's a she's a middle school teacher, or yeah. she's a principal, hmm. something like that. Yeah, I see. And she's kind of like nice. Huh. All yeah. right. Interesting. She yeah. was in Hush. I love she Hush. She was in Batman Hush. Yeah, I love Hush too. So that that was a thing. So Huntress is is she like a top tier character, like DC character for you? I love Huntress. Yeah. Top I tier. Would you say? Are you gonna be Huntress? Would you for put Halloween? her in like? Would you put her in like a top five DC? Uh, oh, I top I don't, ten. No, maybe top, top ten. Top ten, yeah. yeah. She, I, I like her a lot in the Batman universe. Yeah, I, I've said before, I don't care so much as Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. Mm -hmm. I like her much more as Oracle. Mm -hmm. So I prefer like Huntress in that role. Mm -hmm. I guess, especially because she just doesn't take crap from Batman mm -hmm. and, in a different way than like Nightwing. Like Nightwing's like, all right, Dad. Yeah, but, Nightwing's uh, got the history. Uh, Huntress was just like, you suck, shut up, I won't, I'm <laughs> yeah. not gonna listen to you. She just, she just like straight up will tell him like, I'm only doing this because it's easier, mm -hmm. you're a pain in my butt. It's, yeah. I like it. So. She doesn't have the respect. Everybody else yeah. has to revere Batman and yeah. she doesn't at all. No, she doesn't. I like Batman too, so. Yeah. It's, but it's just still a fun dichotomy. I mean, like, I've always loved Black Canary. Yeah. And that's it, for me. It's like one of those things where it's like, I wouldn't ever say to Batman what Huntress says, but sometimes it's nice to hear. So. So none of our favorite is Oracle. I mean, I love classic, like, Barbara Gordon Batgirl from, like... I, there's a run that, that, of Batgirl from, like, the 70s where she's, like, a senator. 
And oh, I yeah. love that art. I really do. Yeah. You just That's wanted classic. to know more about like the bills that you yeah, were Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, what bills are you passing, Barbara? <laughs> Uh, no, Black Canary, I I, I choose to veto because she would show up a lot in like Justice League Senators and that sort of don't thing. Don't have veto power. Yeah, is that true? I should read Batgirl. <laughs> Look, there's the, remember the Black Canary archives about the character from her very early oh, days, yes. where she's yeah. like running a flower shop and yeah. stuff. And that's those those are pretty rough. She's doing appropriate but things I, for a woman. One of my earliest memories of Black Canary is I had this Wonder Woman comic where Black Canary needed Wonder Woman's help, and so she goes to Paradise Island, which you're not allowed to do. And she gets there, and Paradise Island, like, opens for her because, like, the island or whatever, like, recognizes her strength. And it's like, okay, Black Canary, mm-hmm. you, you count as an Amazon. That's I thought, I thought that was so cool. But I don't know what issue that does is. Does Black Canary I have a crossbow? Why don't no. I have a Huntress, yeah. like, figurine over here true. next to my Carrie Kelly right. and uh, Doc Ock? I agree. All the figurines we need to are figure that out. Boobs. We do. <laughs> Huntress's <sighs> costume is pretty pretty modest don't you think well not or not in the gail simone ones you were suggesting oh. it's not even i wouldn't even call it a midriff it's whatever you call something where it's a all top? skin from the boob down yeah. wow okay well so. it's she modest it's modest in rebirth have cleavage i guess if, okay. if that's what you mean all right yeah i all think right. later on they're like you know what this can just be a full costume it yeah. <laughs> we don't have to <laughs> make this it's like they turn they got just, the budget for yeah. full, full fabric. shirt yeah. they could allow full they, shirt they've somehow Created a cross-shaped midriff. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's the that's. I guess that's where we're ending that's our birds of prey spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Hillary. Hey, thanks for. Does Catwoman strike you as somebody who is a woman but has a hard time having female friends? Yeah. All right. That's been my interpretation of Catwoman lately, which is why I don't think she works in Birds of Prey. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was thinking about how like Poison Ivy gets along with other characters, but every time I think about Catwoman, I'm like, no other like female character seems to like Catwoman. Yeah. I think she's just one of those people who can't have, who has a hard time making female friends, and thus has a hard time being in Birds of Prey. Yeah, that makes sense. I think she's more of a loner, and probably has is more comfortable manipulating men. Yeah. I, I will say in the in Batgirl and the Birds of Prey and Rebirth, they use Catwoman really well because they a few times they call her in like as a heavy. They're like, We need backup, let's call in Catwoman mm-hmm. and she kinda shows up and helps them does their thing and then goes and like yeah. steals but a cat. She's not gonna be like drinking mimosas with them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're not gonna invite her over. You know what? I feel more for... comfortable ending our Birds of Prey segment on that than, than the Huntress talk. So yeah. anyway, Hillary, thanks for joining us. You could find Hillary on previously on X Men, so go find that. What's the what's the Twitter for that, Eric? Previously on X, Facebook and Twitter, All right. you can find that show and all its past episodes at RadioMeanwhile.com. As we record now, what's your next episode? Oh the Wolverine. Oh, yeah, The Wolverine. Oh, yeah. yes. And then uh, animated series dive with uh, The Cure mm-hmm. and Apocalypse. I'm excited about okay. that. Okay, so I've never been on that show, but that's fine. Uh, uh, join us welcome. next time. <laughs> join us next time as we talk Jack London and the Call of the Wild. We'll see you then. Jack London is also my favorite episode, bird of prey. Yeah. I think you should. Yeah. yeah.